entertainment capital of the world. Bring your lunch. It's the T.C. Martin Show. With the flex of the muscles. Diagnosis. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow, he can really bounce off the floor. It's the doctor. <laughs> And welcome to hour number two. We are live from the Casa Plata in Las Vegas. Traditionally, we are in the sports book, as you know, on Fridays. But this is Hoops and Hops. We are inside the extravagant, luxurious, and the exciting Chelsea. Great concert venue, great boxing venue. And today is the home of Hoops and Hops, uh, one of the marquee events in Las Vegas. Hoops and Hops, the best March Madness viewing party. And we are so happy to be here once again. Brian Benowitz, our VP of Casino Operations. And uh, Ballpark Frank, VGK Frank in the house, and our special guest today, Sam Gordon, breaking it all down for us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Sam with a varied and uh, distinctive basketball background. Uh, love having you guys here uh, on this uh, Hoops and Hops Friday here. Hoops and Hops going today and tomorrow here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. You guys doing it up very, very well, Double B. Yeah, we got plenty of food for you, TC. Oh, I love it. And, and we'll just be open until the final final whistle here. So. <laughs> the final horn, as they say in hockey. Uh, you know, once once the show's over, I'll get a kick back on one of these couches and uh, have a great time and, uh, and, uh, and, and take it all in. But right now, we're doing a live radio show. We're doing a combination of play-by-play, color analyst, and, uh, and keeping track of the brackets and uh, everything else in the sporting world as well, too. So I appreciate everyone being here. Of course, uh, Ballpark Frank. Sam, glad to have you with us here today. Hey, my, my pleasure, TC. Anytime, especially during basketball season. I mean, any time of the year. But but this is the best time of the year, so I'm, I'm very happy to be here. All right, let's get you up to date on two games right now, both pretty wild. The Loyola Ramblers, they're doing it again with Sister Jean, 101 years old, sitting at courtside, fully vaccinated, made the trip to Indianapolis, and the Ramblers are now leading Georgia Tech, 67-58. Uh, to 58. Only a couple minutes to go in this game. Looks like Loyola will advance. They've hit some big-time threes in this game, and, and we've seen this March Madness from the Ramblers before, haven't we, Frank? Yeah, Loyola, you know, they got a, a pretty nice program there. Uh, of course, everybody remembers the run they made a, a while back when Sister Jean became basically a household name to basketball fans all over the place. And, you know, this is a gritty team, uh, but uh, Georgia Tech certainly isn't giving up yet. We talked about it on the show yesterday with uh, one of Georgia Tech's best players, one of the best players in the conference, yep. missing this game. You know, that was going to be a big thing to overcome. And player of the Loy- year. Yeah, yep. Loyola certainly got off to a slow start in this game, but uh, they've been doing pretty good right now. But, you know, it it's still certainly within reach, but uh, Georgia Tech needs a couple stops, and they need to uh, hit a couple buckets to get back in it. Uh, we'll see if Loyola can uh, close as Georgia Tech tries to go to a little bit uh, more of a full-court press now. Uh, Loyola is really fighting hard in this game. A stat just came up of something that I don't think I've seen in a long time. Second-chance points. Loyola 15, Georgia Tech 0. Wow. Amazing. So they are attacking the boards, and they're yeah. keeping them off. That's why they're ahead in this game, and the game is still tight, and it's been tight. Uh, not a great shooting game overall, a couple of nice threes, but this is a tough battle-tested team, and uh, can you remember times a a team had zero second-chance points, Sam? Well, Georgia Tech, they're an undersized team to begin with, and they have some problems on the board, and again, when you're 
basically lost your, your leading rebounder and the ACC player of the year. Uh, that's why this line uh, opened Loyola minus three and closed at six because of that. And uh, so I think a, a lot of sharp money came in on Loyola, understandably so. And it looks like they're on the way to victory and probably a cover as well, too, as we're uh, a minute 20 to go and the Ramblers are up uh, by eight points. And Georgia Tech just threw the ball away. Uh, but if you talk about this loyal Chicago team, this program, and, and Porter Moser, one thing about that man, he's got a bad case of been there, done that. I mean, it's, let's not forget, this is a Final Four team in 2018, and that would meet the freshmen on that team would be seniors now. So this is a program with a pedigree and that has emerged into one of the best, better mid-major programs in the country, and he's got those guys playing well, not only during the regular season, but obviously here today as well. You know, Porter Moser is one of those names I know that uh, you wrote about, thought that, okay, he could be a candidate for the UNLV head coaching job but again small school smaller conference but uh, again uh, a guy and I remember Porter Moser before he got to uh, to, to Loyola and uh, I remember when I was in Green Bay UWGB wanted to hire him and, and Loyola got him uh, I, I don't know if uh, you know that is a legitimate candidate or not but uh, he is one heck of a great coach he certainly is and, and we, you've heard his name for bigger jobs you know throughout the last few years especially since that final four run yep. and, and uh, but he, he elected to stay there he could have went to uh, one of the power five one of the lower tier schools. He's got opportunities. Right. I think he's just waiting for the right fit. Right. And, and I'm not sure if that's UNLV or not, but right. but UNLV was certainly the Mountain West would be a step up from the Missouri Valley. And uh, and I think he, he would do an exceptional job. I mean, he's proven to be a great basketball coach. You don't get to the Final Four uh, out of a mid-major conference by accident. Guys who do that generally have the opportunity to move on to bigger and better jobs. All right, uh, the other game uh, with a little bit of drama, Oregon State is leading Tennessee. The 12th-seeded Beavers, 50-34 to 34 with 11 minutes to go. Uh, they were up by 20. Tennessee cut it to uh, to 13, and uh, now it, it's it's at 16. And every time Tennessee seems to make a, a run double B, Oregon State has answers. I know you know this Oregon State team pretty well as they beat UCLA last weekend at, at T-Mobile in the uh, Pac-12 tournament. And uh, really, the Pac-12 really not getting a whole bunch of respect. Uh, <laughs> Hardly any at all. And, 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 and here we go. Uh, Oregon State could be pulling off a big-time upset here. Their defense, phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal in the Pac-12 tournament, and they've held Tennessee to 34 points through 30 minutes of or 30 minutes of play. That's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, and there's a couple of athletes on Tennessee that's top 10 picks yep, in the draft. Yep. So uh, them shutting them down is pretty impressive. They made a great comeback against UCLA. They just took it to them. Uh, UCLA had a big lead, uh, forced it overtime, won that game, and ran off and won the tournament. Uh, the Pac-12 is getting zero respect as they typically do across the country. Uh, you know there is a little bit of East Coast bias, but they play some good basketball out west, and uh, I think you'll be surprised when you watch USC play and you watch Oregon play, uh, and UCLA. I think will give BYU quite a battle tomorrow. Speaking of the Pac-12, uh, Sam, I know you, you you were there at T-Mobile Arena, you know, covering uh, the tournament for the Las Vegas. Vegas Review Journal, Evan Mobley. People say that oh, yeah. uh, he's a one-and-done guy, You know, probably a top five, top six pick. Give me your, your take about Mobley and, and USC. Special, special player, special player, TC. I, not only did I see him uh, this past week with USC, but I also saw him uh, when he was in high school. Right. He right. played for Rancho Christian, and they came here and played in the Tarkanian Classic up at Bishop Gorman. But you look at you look at Evan Mobley. I mean, he's seven feet tall, but he runs. I mean, he runs the court so smooth. Uh, he, he's so fluid. He's such a fluid athlete. He can protect the rim, but he can also step out and hit a jumper, and he can switch on to smaller guys. And, and, and NBA scouts uh, believe that he is one of the top two or three prospects in this draft. And it would not shock me. I mean, I'd be surprised if he goes number one overall, but not. To, I would not be surprised if he goes number two. 
and right. he swept all the major awards in the Pac-12 and is the kind of guy capable now. He, he's the, the one concern that there is that there's been is that he's not necessarily it, it, you know he's not it's not mean on a basketball court. He's not an alpha. He doesn't have the, the he doesn't play it, the game in the he, way where he's, he wants. He's to, not a dog, as I like to say. Yeah, <laughs> but but. But that was before, a dog in a good way. That was before the Pac-12 tournament, right. and then in the Pac-12 tournament, he was a dog. Yeah. He was an absolute dog, carrying them through their first round game and battling, making big plays down the stretch against Colorado on both ends of the floor. I mean, he really showed up when the lights got bright. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know, those kind of the the rub on him about not being a dog. No, he was a dog in the Pac-12 tournament, and there's right. no reason I don't think he's going to be a dog in the NCAA tournament. He's a talented, talented uh, player, very, very unique and very modern. I mean, he fits the modern game so well and i expect him to be a very very good pro uh after doing what after doing what he's done this year at usc double b you saw uh, a lot of pac-12 obviously and you saw usc beat ucla uh, twice this year you think the pac-12 is a little undervalued yeah i think they're undervalued i don't think you're going to see a long run out of them but i think you're going to see uh at least a couple sneak into the sweet 16 mm-hmm. which is a, which is an accomplishment for the league uh colorado that colorado usc game was outstanding for sure in the pac-12 tournament and colorado is tough yeah they are a tough ball club and i would not want to face them going into this tournament i know a lot of people who actually picked them to come out of that bracket well that the that 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 team has taken on the personality of their leader, McKinley Wright, um, the fourth. I mean, he he has been there for four years. He's been an all-conference first-team player in three of them. He is the emotional leader, the heart and soul of that team. He has set a number of school records. He has eclipsed certain statistical plateaus in the Pac-12. That he's where he's the only one in the in program history, in the in the history of the conference on the men's side, to go 1,500 points, 600 rebounds, 600 assists over the course of a career, uh, joining Sabrina Ionescu, who did it on the women's side of the University of Oregon. But but he, like you said, that team is physically and mentally tough, and it's because he is physically and mentally tough. And he is a guy after an outstanding four-year career that I believe is going to get an opportunity to play in the NBA as well. All right, guys, uh, just quick update again. Uh, Oregon State leading Tennessee 52-37, to and Loyola Chicago on their way to a victory over Georgia Tech in the 8-9 matchup. Loyola's up 70-59. to Like I said, just a few seconds remaining in that contest. So let's take a look at some of these other games tonight. The next game up on tap is Liberty and Oklahoma State. Obviously, Cade Cunningham, he's going to be a, a future NBA guy, a top-tier guy. Yep. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, they've... They've got tons of talent. This Liberty team is a team that's kind of under the radar, but this team definitely can play. Uh, They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Uh, They shoot free throws very well. Uh, Not a bad team at all. And uh, Liberty, you would think, would be getting double digits. But again, like a lot of these teams, we mentioned Colgate earlier, uh, you know, and and some of these other teams, you know, maybe not getting the the amount of points uh, that you would think uh, but everything is, is more parity now. Liberty only a seven and a half point dog, but I like Liberty a little bit in this game, Sam. Uh, give, let's give Richie McKay some credit, right? Yep. I mean, he had he had uh, struggled at, at some of his earlier coaching stops: uh, Oregon State, Colorado State, uh, New Mexico. But he gets an opportunity at Liberty, and what has he done the last three years? Mm-hmm. Three straight NCAA tournament bursts. I mean, they would have been in last year, and they were 23, 23 and five, 11 and two in league this year in the Atlantic Sun. And he's got that program at the top of the conference. And and like you said, um, I, I like Oklahoma State in that game, but but Liberty's dangerous because of the way they play, and, and because of how they match up with Oklahoma State stylistically. Now Oklahoma State, TC, they really showed me a lot in that Big 12 tournament. The way they the, the way they were able to play, they knock off Baylor, and then they go 
toe-to-toe with Texas in the championship game, and that's even though Texas had, had a day off because Kansas uh, had to pull out of the tournament because of the coronavirus. So uh, Oklahoma State is more than just Cade Cunningham. I mean, they, they proved that with a victory over West Virginia when Cade didn't play. They have a really, really talented team, and I expect – this is the kind of stage where big-time players like Kay Cunningham show up. I think he's going to have a phen- phenomenal tournament, however long their run la- uh, lasts. Liberty is a team uh, that I would love to play, love to play in this tournament. Mm-hmm. As soon as they got in, I circled and said, boy, I, I, I'm interested in the matchup for Liberty because they wear the Cinderella, and they're, they're in there a lot, so you, you want to play them. I don't like their matchup with o- Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's got too much, way too athletic, and I think that Oklahoma State will run off and win by double digits. As much as I'd love to play Liberty here, uh, it's not my spot. One of the things that I think is interesting, too, is sometimes coaches are wondering how to motivate their team and make sure that you don't fall into a flat spot. Every coach later on in the games, later on tonight and the games tomorrow, now they don't have to do anything more than point to the Ohio State game and say, you can't take anybody for granted. You've got to go out there and play. With with Oral Roberts winning, I think that makes it so that some of the other coaches might find it a little bit easier or at least, or at least try to use that as motivation to their teams to make sure that they're ready to play and go, look, we need, we need to get out there, focus, and play our best ball because this is a one-and-done tournament. And I think the pressure is always on the higher seeds, right? I mean, if you're For a lower sure. seed, that's the luxury you have. Is you get to come out there and play free, you're supposed to lose. You're just happy to be there. So that's what I thought we saw from Oral Roberts, and it wouldn't shock me to see a, a number of close games with these higher-ranked seeds down the stretch. Now, I don't know if, if we're going to get another upset of that magnitude. I'm not sure because those upsets are so rare. But a lot of these lower-seeded teams, I mean, they have you know, they have, they're, 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 they're going to to play free they're going to play loose and and they're not afraid to to to, to go at these top seeded teams i mean they're not afraid at all sam speaking of pressure yeah um obviously this is gonzaga's tournament to lose sure and what kind of pressure is in that program to actually win this thing well i think a lot i think a lot you look at kind of the program that they had so so just let's just kind of frame where gonzaga's at right a Big time, not a, not, a, not, a, not a mid-major program anymore. They're as good as anybody is in the country. But the criticism is, you know, they can't win the big one. They can't win the national championship. All that success, no national title. And coming into coming into the year, I think you already had top five expectations. I mean, they're going to be a top five team in the country based on what they did last year. And then you add a one-and-done kind of player, a top three pick type like Jalen Suggs. And that takes it to the whole other level. So he's been able to unlock so much of what they've been able to do. Uh, they, they have shooting. They have bigs. They have Suggs, who is an alpha dog kind of player, um, who, who shows up in these kind of moments and who always has. They have the requisite depth. I mean, this team, on paper and when you watch them play, looks like the best team in the country. So I think if they don't get it done this year, just I think it would have to be some kind of disappointment based on what they had coming back and based on what they added with Suggs. Excellent point. All right. Guys, let's uh, look at a couple of the games uh, coming up uh, tonight as well. You look at uh, Wisconsin and North Carolina. It's a it's an 8-9 seed uh, contrasting styles here. Wisconsin is a great three-point shooting team, one, one of the best in the country. Uh, they shoot their free throws well, and they don't turn the ball over. The complete opposite end of that is Carolina, one of the sloppiest teams with the basketball of, of anyone, but the rebound differential between Carolina and Wisconsin is, is at 10 per game. It's ridiculous. So do you like the shooting team, or do you like the, the second chance or, or the bigger team, the rebounding team in, in this game? Because this is what this game comes down to, and if, and if you love size, you got to play North Carolina. And, and they were relatively hot down the stretch, but they went through their moments during the course of the season where they, they looked awful at times. I mean, they got ran out of the gym on their own gym by Marquette. 
earlier this year. And then you look at Wisconsin, they played a lot of games close, but, uh, you know, losing record pretty much in the Big Ten. So it, this is a hard game to figure out, and you've got racehorse basketball against the plotters. Who do you like? Yeah, Carolina was just pathetic <laughs> early in the year. I mean, they were every bit as bad as Kentucky was and Duke playing, and it was like, wow, what happened to the Blue Bloods? They did improve. So when you look at the statistics over the year, they, they definitely improved. They slowed their game down where they didn't turn the ball over quite as much. And maybe it got when they got into the ACC league, because the ACC isn't very good. It just flat out is not as good as the traditional ACC. And so they were able to pick up some wins against the dregs of the ACC, and they were able to get, I think, they ended up 18 and 10 or something like that when the season ended. Wisconsin is playing battles and wars every night in the Big Ten. And so just for that alone, I think Wisconsin is much more tested. And when it's a pick'em game, and this is an absolute pick'em game, I'm going to go with the slowdown style and the shooters and the guys are not going to make mistakes. And if they're, it's a close game and it comes down to free throws, I want Wisconsin over North Carolina. I would tend to lean towards Wisconsin right now, but if I'm Carolina, you mentioned that they have the size there. I'm just making sure, okay, we know that you're going to try to slow it down. Let's try to pick it up a little bit, but not run breakneck like Brian said, where you're turning the ball over again. Do it a little bit faster pace, but with control, and just put hands in the faces because Wisconsin does love to live by the three-point, but if you have a little bit of size and you can challenge the shots and get them off, you know that you're probably going to get the rebound because you are the better rebounding team. I think the team that wins this game is a team that dictates the pace of the game. I mean, maybe this is just the University of Minnesota in me, but I got North Carolina. <laughs> I, got, I, I love the way they, they they really push Florida State in the ACC tournament. I have a lot of respect for Florida State. I think it's a very good group at Florida State um, with, with Leonard Hamilton, what, what he's been able to do down there. But, but North Carolina, like you said, they did improve throughout the course of the season. They have offense. They have firepower when they get rolling. And if they get out to an early lead, uh, I don't know if Wisconsin can come back. I don't think they have a ton of firepower. They're very, very deliberate. It's the same old Wisconsin. They have they have skilled players, but it's not one of their more talented teams. Florida State, that's the one that drives you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Florida State just <laughs> drives me crazy. I mean, that that game against Georgia Tech, I just I was I was pulling what little hair I have left out. I mean, that was just uh, is nonsense. But again, and, and I'm seeing a little bit of that with Tennessee here today I as mean, well too. Anything you know? can happen. Yeah. Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee has played a bad <laughs> basketball game. They have and not. They not played well yeah. at all. They're just absolutely out of control offensively, and they are losing players defensively, and o Oregon State's making them pay. Mm -hmm. Now, it's the 40-minute game. Maybe they can get it together here in the last uh, eight, nine minutes of the game, but they just they just looked terrible. You know, if we're going to maybe have to agree with Double B here, because he's talking about he's not a big ACC fan. They're down this year. Well, every game they've lost so far in the tournament. <laughs> we only had a couple, but Again, you know, earlier on uh, today, uh, Virginia Tech uh, goes down to Florida, and then we uh, just saw Georgia Tech lose to Loyola Chicago. So, you know, I'm a snob. I already be, told you that. I'm a self-admitted <laughs> Big 12, Big 10 snob this year. But back to the Wisconsin-North uh, Carolina game. Again, I've, I've been looking at this game all week. Uh, maybe I want to force a play with it. Uh, again, and I love shooting teams, good three-point shooting teams, and I, and I really do like Trice. He's a, he's a great point guard who can shoot it and also get in the lane for Wisconsin. But Carolina just drives me nuts at times, Sam, because, because they're 313th in three-point field goals, and wow. that's really not a great recipe to get to the in the NCAA tournament. Perfect examples, like we said, the number one team shooting threes, Oral Roberts, 
took care of Ohio State, uh, I want to say, you know, rather handily in, in this game. But Carolina does have that size, and, they, and they've been punishing, you know, opponents uh, over the spe- specifically the last couple weeks, uh, you know, on the boards. And Wisconsin is not that traditional, uh, you know, uh, traditional bangers like they've had in years past. I mean, they're a little bit undersized. So that's what scares me a little bit in this game. That's what makes it so intriguing because this game is definitely a contrast in styles. Oh, it certainly is. And when you think about the programs or the history that North Carolina and Wisconsin have, like you don't expect this to be a first-round matchup. Right. So I think that's that's what makes it all the more compelling is that you have teams that have pedigree, that have history, that, that uh, this year a little bit down, not necessarily down, but not where you would expect them to be. So um, I expect a physical kind of gritty game. Uh, I do think that North Carolina is going to be able to dictate the pace, but like, let's be honest, what, I'm not not Nostradamus. Who, who knows? Oh, they're going to try to run. There's no question about it. And again, if they take care of the ball, they can they win can this run. game going for away. Sure, for they, sure. They could win this game very easily because we've seen Wisconsin actually you know, get blown out in, in some games this year too. So... Anyway, speaking speaking of blowing That's out, goal yeah, uh, Tennessee is, is getting run it's out a of lifeless the performance. They yeah. just they just were forty two points. They were just said. they were just three on one and threw the ball right to the one. Yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Then they just turned it over again. I mean, it just it's it's it's, it's, it's sad to watch this team play. Oh boy, oh craziness. All right, guys, let's uh, take a look at a couple more games here as we get ready for the nighttime session here. Uh, Houston's been a really nice story as well, too. They're a 20-point favorite over Cleveland State coming out of the Horizon League. Uh, we've seen Cleveland State way back in the day. Here's a name for it. How about Mouse McFadden? You guys remember him back in the day? There you go. Uh, before Sam's time. But uh, this <laughs> this Houston team with Kelvin Sampson uh, coaching this team, uh, they've got some dogs, and they can play. And we, we saw what they could do uh, in the American. But uh, this is a, a rock-solid team, maybe a little uh, undervalued at a two-seed, if that's even you know possible. But this is a very solid basketball team. Yeah, I, I don't know much about Houston, to be totally honest. I have not got to see them play yet this year. Uh, I, I was looking for if Elijah Wan and uh, uh, <laughs> Clyde, Clyde, Drexler. Clyde Drexler was on that Fly, team. Fly slam <laughs> and the Fly Slam Jammy with uh, Guy Lewis, because uh, I really haven't paid attention to Houston. I was yeah. actually surprised when the seeds came out. I'm like, wow, Houston's a two seed. and uh, But obviously they're a very talented basketball team, uh, and uh, they're expected to win going away today. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I haven't seen a lot of Houston, but I, I've heard good things about them. I've seen little bits and pieces of highlights here and there. I mean, this certainly sounds like a game that they should win going away. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see it just so I can see them a little bit more and maybe learn a little bit more about them for down the road and see how deep they are. So, But like when we were doing our bracket contest and that sort of thing, it was a team that I was like, okay, well, they're a two-seed, but how good are they really? I'm not really sure. Yeah, they, they've blasted. Uh, they, they're the class, really, of of uh, the American and even the Wichita State uh, you know was the number one seed and Wichita State did pull an upset to come from behind victory over Houston about four weeks ago uh, Houston was the class really of that they've got athletes uh, they are tremendous I think they are deserving of, of a number two seed but then again it's it's really not to the level of Gonzaga and the WCC I mean the Americans got some some athletes but Houston you know clearly the class of that conference well Again, I, I don't mean to belabor this point, but Houston's got guards. Yes. And guards matter. Yeah. They got great guards. I, I mean, you start you're with not belaboring the point. That's the truth. I mean, you, you got guards, you're going to win this tournament. I mean, Quentin Grimes is an 18-point-per-game yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a big-time playmaker in that league, and they have deep, they're have they deep at guard, too. They got multiple guys. They got Dejan uh, Jaru, averaged 11 a game, and then they have uh, Marcus Sasser, the, the, 6-1, uh, the 6-1 sophomore who averaged 14 a game. So they have multiple guys on the perimeter that can put the ball in the basket, and they play very well together. They play very well 
all together. Uh, credit to Calvin Sampson doing a heck of a job. Has that thing turned around. They were really good last year too. I mean, this. I mean, it's not five slamma jamma. I don't want to go that far, but it's a legitimate program that that has the the personnel. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't know about national championship, but they can certainly make a run right. to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. When, when I'm looking at teams, I'm looking at teams that, that can shoot the ball well from the perimeter. Yep. I'm looking at good rebounding teams and teams that take care of the basketball. And, and Houston fits a lot of those. From a rebounding perspective, Houston averages 38 rebounds a game. That's fifth in the country. There you go. And offensively, third in the country with that. So I will, and that's why I do like North Carolina uh, because, but again, they're sloppy with the basketball. But Houston, they're, they take they're, care of and again, and we talk a lot about coaches. Kelvin Sampson, say what you want. I mean, he's been in some trouble and done some things, but that guy can coach, and he will not let you get upset in that first round because he doesn't have that type of attitude. A lot of these quiet coaches, like Tony Bennett, and that's why Tony Bennett has gotten you know upset in early rounds. The most famous one, you know, years ago against Maryland, Baltimore County, which we talked about earlier. But Kelvin Sampson, he's going to be in your grill and not and not let that happen. Brad Underwood from Illinois, he's another guy like that. Yeah, he's another guy like that he's he's gonna be on you all the time you know so yeah for sure so i I look at things like that that's why houston i think you you have to respect them and again they should run cleveland state out of the gym cleveland state's a little undersized and again they're 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 a little careless with the basketball but then again you know we've seen teams like them in the horizon coming and pulling upset and again we just saw oral (laughs) roberts who's a great shooting team out of the summit that not many people gave a shot against the power ohio state well, that's a great rebounding stat, and that's a testament to the coaching. Uh, rebounding is a lot about not only placement but desire, mm-hmm. and they take on the coach's uh, will to do that. So that's uh, real impressive. And uh, Houston 20 might be re- relatively cheap when all is said and done. All right. North Texas playing Purdue. Uh, do we know how good this Purdue team is? Because they seem to falter in the tournament year in and year out. They're usually a good pick against. Uh, they're favored by seven over North Texas, but this North Texas team can get up and, and, and down the court. Uh, fairly impressive. But again, Purdue, you can make the argument, hey, they're, they're, they're playing in their home state, uh, and uh, they're not letting them play on their home court. They're using their home court, Mackey Arena, but they're playing Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, Purdue is a, a difficult team for me. Uh, because they look so good at times in, in, during during games, and then they blow games. So I, I, I'm not sure how far they can go. If they do win this game, uh, I think they, they can give Houston quite a battle in the next game, though, because they are a very talented team, and they were top 10 at, at times during the year. Mm-hmm. They can match up with Houston, but but like you said, getting to Houston is going to be important. They don't they don't have the, the the kind of team to me that's capable of making a deep run. But I think if they get to that second round, if and when I presume they get to the second round, they can compete. They have the athletes, and and as we know with with Coach Painter, he he's he does a very very good job. So I think they can hang. But I, I don't see this as a team capable of making a deep run. Well, it's it, to me that if they were to play Houston in the, like uh, in round three, I would say Houston's going to beat them. They'll be more prepared. It's that that second game of the weekend where you yeah. only have a day. One day really to prepare, yep. it's yep. very difficult, and you see a lot of these teams carry that momentum, and they they carry it right into the Sweet 16. Yeah. One, yeah. one advantage that Purdue would have if they did play Houston in the second round here is they've played teams just as good as Houston all year long by playing in the Big Ten. So they're certainly not going to be awed by that. But the thing that does scare me about Purdue, and you mentioned it earlier, Brian, was the fact that because you don't know which team you're going to get from a from a game to game basis. You know, Rutgers is playing Clemson tonight, and there's probably two teams that not many people have watched at all. 
But, you know, Rutgers has gotten some love. This was a dormant program. And uh, Clemson is one of those teams, too. They just, you know, they, they, they're careless with the basketball. They really don't wow you at all. And, uh, you know, this this is kind of one of those weird games. And, you know, still thinking Rutgers in the Big Ten, uh, you know, what, what's going on here. If I'm going to look at the betting board, I'm thinking this is going to be one of the least bet games of the of the tournament. I, I agree, TC. This isn't exactly a matchup. I looked at it and I go, well, one place for the Big Ten, one place for the ACC. Yeah. Boom, I made my selection. It was that simple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all I know about the Rutgers is that they beat Minnesota. And that's not, yeah, that's exactly. not saying much. But and didn't everybody beat Minnesota? Yeah, they just, this, during the second half of the Big Ten schedule, absolutely. But no, credit to Rutgers. I mean, this is a program that struggled for a long time. And the fact that they're back in the tournament, regardless of how things go today, it's been an incredibly successful season. And they're on the way to getting that thing turned around and getting that thing humming and being a, a quality program in the Big Ten again. All right. We're going to uh, come back and talk to you about a couple of late games. One interesting game on the docket here. We're going to dive into Syracuse and San Diego State. Uh, there's a lot of good two-sided action with that. And plus, we'll take a look at some of the featured games tomorrow on the board. Plus, we'll get you updated on what's happening right now. Uh, Oregon State still leading Tennessee, and they are under the four-minute mark. And another upset looks like it's happening. Plenty of upsets already on day one. And we are live at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. This is Hoops and Hops. It is the TC Martin Show from no better place to be than the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. This is Bill Cartwright. When I'm on the T.C. Martin Show, we will feature the Cartwright Family Contest, and at that time, I will get T.C. right. Wait a minute. I founded the contest. What are you talking about? You founded it, but we threw you out. Ouch. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, I wonder how the big seven-footers bracket is doing right now. Oh, boy. All right, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, it is Hoops and Hops, and uh, you can get all your betting done on the William Hill mobile app. It is so easy to use. Download it first if you don't have it already. Come over here to the Cosmopolitan, either to the Sportsbook or any of the betting stations here, and deposit money into your William Hill mobile account. Open a brand new one, boom, they'll give you an additional $53 when you use the promo code TC50. Use that promo code TC50, 53 bucks into your account. And use that free money to play March Madness. It is the William Hill mobile app. All right, Brian Benowitz, Ballpark Frank, and uh, Sam Gordon join us from the Las Vegas Review Journal on a Friday here at the Cosmopolitan, our home. But today it's inside Hoops and Hops, the most elaborate, extravagant, and uh, the best March Madness party in the city right here. And Double B, you guys are doing it up as usual. Hoops and Hops happening today and tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the way it's, it's turned out here uh, at the Chelsea. I think the guests that have come in have respected the, uh, the protocols that are in place, and they're just having a great time. Uh, and what, what's the centerpiece is the games. The games are, are a lot of fun, a lot of food, a lot of drink, but just really uh, great to see people enjoying themselves. And uh, it's just great to have the college basketball tournament on. Uh, for those of us that are you know such huge sports fans, to miss out on such a, 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 a fun three-week period uh, last year was very, very disappointing, and it's just nice to see. Uh, we're coming out of this 3 o'clock lull in the games, and we'll probably have four games on here in a hurry. Yes. So uh, very exciting for the afternoon games. All right, Tennessee has cut it to 10, but the bad news is if you got the volunteers, uh, there's only a minute 28 to, to go. So it looks like Oregon State will march on an upset. Uh, they will be, what, the second Pac-10 team who advanced on. We saw UCLA defeat Michigan State last night in the Battle of the 11s in the first four in. And like Double B says, maybe the, the Pac-12 is a little bit underseated, guys. Well, 
Absolutely. They, they, they definitely could be. They I mean. no respect. <laughs> they haven't had no respect for years. And they might be underseeded. I, again, I think the Oregon State was probably fairly seeded after the run. I mean, they weren't even supposed to make the tournament. Uh, they needed to win that Pac-12 dance uh, to get in the big dance. Uh, but they picked up right where they left off. And, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to close this thing out. And they really, really building on what they're able to do here. They, they, they're physical. They're tough. And they, when you defend, TC, when you defend, when you can defend the basketball, yep. you're going to have a chance. You're yep. going to have a chance. So uh, I know Tennessee's not necessarily the most prolific offensive team. And they, they've really kind of underachieved, like you said, going into, the, going into the SEC tournament. Not a lot of great momentum coming into the tournament. But, but I saw – Oregon State defend throughout the Pac-12 tournament. I've seen them do it again today, and, and who knows what, well, about the next round. Maybe they can do it again. All right, guys, let's take a look at a couple games coming up tonight. Syracuse and San Diego State. Uh, the, the Orange famous for their 2-3 zone. Jim Beheim, Buddy Beheim, uh one of the best Syracuse players. He's just not the coach's son, but this guy can light it up. He's a pretty smart player. Obviously, he's got a high IQ as the coach's son. So uh, we look at Syracuse. They're getting three points tonight against a San Diego State team who won the Mountain West Conference. And, again, we haven't been given much love to the Mountain West, and I think deservedly so. I think that Syracuse is going to take care of business tonight. I think that uh, their zone is going to give San Diego State. Sam, and as we know, uh, San Diego State doesn't see much 2-3 zone, especially with the type of length that the Orange have. I think San Diego State is going to struggle here. Well, that zone is always kind of, I mean, it throws a wrench in, in, in what you want to do offensively. And, Coach Beheim has done such a good job coaching that thing up, and um, and he's going to have his guys ready to go. And if you are not ready, if you are not prepared to execute against the zone, if you're not moving the ball well, if you don't know the soft spots on the floor, that's a it's, it's a tough thing to solve. Now, if you are a well-oiled machine, you you can pick it apart pretty easily. But but like you said, the length, the size, the athletes, and then when you have Buddy Beheim playing the way he is uh, on the other side, it it is a, a very challenging matchup for San Diego State, no question. All right. We look at uh, Winthrop and uh, Villanova. Winthrop is another, you know, kind of a sexy pick. You would think they'd be getting more points, but again, this is a team that's 29 and one this year. Another 12-5 matchup against a Villanova team. Villanova is six and a half point uh, favorite. Villanova missing two starters, of course. Uh, Gillespie, uh, probably their best player, their point guard, uh, he is not playing. And Villanova has struggled uh, a lot this year, especially down the stretch. This is not your typical Jay Wright team. Well. Uh, not having Colin Gillespie, I think, has a lot to do with that. I mean, he was as, he's as good uh, as any guard in the country at, at the college level and kind of the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, he's really been building and developing over the last couple of years. And we know Jay Wright, that's his forte is developing guards. So when you you have a player like him that you've worked to develop and that's really blossomed to one of the better players in the country and you don't have him for the tournament, uh, I think, yeah, I think there are there are going to be some struggles. Now, is this downtime, is this time off, the practice time that they've had, whatever practice time they've had, is that enough to adjust and kind of make up for the loss of him? I don't know. Uh, but but I do think they're going to take care of business in this first game. and All bets are off after that. Yeah, I'm not so sure they're going to take care of uh, Winthrop in this game. It's awful hard to ignore a team that played, uh, you know, went 23-1 and on the year play and, and only has the one loss. Really played a complete season. Uh, I think Villanova has underachieved, and I think they are ripe to get beat in this uh, epic. Is this, an, is this a 9-12? Legendary 5-12. We're about to see another 12 win right now with Oregon State, and I think Winthrop's going to do it again. In fact, I took my $50 of TC money, and I put it on Winthrop. 
There you go, on the money line. There it is. Well, you know, another thing, too, when you're talking about injuries, especially to keep players in that, you not only lose what that guy brings on the basketball court and what he does to it, but it kind of changes everybody else's roles 100%. and the dominoes yeah. and, the, the you know, your substitutions and everything. So people look at a guy out of a lineup and they go, wow, it's going to be hard to win without him. But all of a sudden, you're asking other players to pick up and maybe play his role, and then somebody else has to play theirs. So it's just a whole domino effect. It's not just the loss of one player. It's the loss of sometimes an entire game scheme in that. You really got to change things up a lot to make up for that. Yeah, you, you do, and there, there has to be some adjustment. There, there, there needs to be some adjustments made to, to different roles, but if there's one coach that I think is capable of overcoming a loss like that, it's Jay Wright. I mean, he has the track. I mean, he's got multiple national championships. He is a a first-tier, top-tier, elite college basketball coach, and I'm sure he's going to have his guys ready to go. Now, maybe it's not enough to overcome <laughs> overcome Winthrop. I mean, that is a big loss when you're talking about your best player. But, again, Jay Wright is a, a first-tier coach, and if there's any coach capable of making those kind of adjustments and working through that, I believe it's him. All right, guys, let's take a look at some of the key matchups tomorrow. We'll start tomorrow morning at 9-15 with a very intriguing matchup. We already talked about Colorado a little bit. They're playing Georgetown. Oh, guess what? Another 5-12 matchup. The Colorado Buffaloes and the Georgetown Hoyas give credit to Patrick Ewing. He's done a fantastic job. Basically came out of nowhere, but if you look at that Big East, I mean, uh, from, from top to bottom, they are pretty solid. And, uh, you know, Georgetown, Connecticut, uh, you know, you know, making the tournament this year. Creighton, say what you want about them. They could turn it on, turn it off at, at just about any time as well, too. But uh, Georgetown, Colorado, Colorado, a six-point favorite in this game. Do you think that Georgetown could continue this miraculous run that they had last week and win in the Big East tournament? Uh, I'm not so sure on Georgetown, but, boy, did they turn it on in the tournament. Mm -hmm. I mean, they came from nowhere mm -hmm. to win that tournament. Uh, obviously, they were not going to make the, the NCAA tournament without winning the Big East. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if they have enough to win this game. I, I don't know if they have enough to win this game or not, but I'm still just completely puzzled by going on a 34-3 run. I know I've mentioned that a couple yeah. of times on the show over Creighton. Creighton just kind of laid down, and it's like, you know, they, they didn't do anything in that game whatsoever. Georgetown's certainly playing on a high right now. They're playing with a lot of belief. Sometimes that can go a long way. We'll see if it continues uh, in, in, in this game or not. Uh, they've made it into the tournament, but now it's a whole different uh, thing. And the one thing about it is they're certainly not going to sneak up on anybody after that performance in the Big East tournament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think there's any going to be any sneaking up whatsoever. It's a great story. It's a feel-good story. Patrick Ewing gets to, gets to hoist the trophy, the Big East tro uh, Tournament Championship trophy at his home arena at the, the one and only Madison Square Garden, but I think that's the buck stops there. And it's weird kind of talking about Georgetown as a Cinderella team, but that's exactly what they are. And uh, and the clock's about to strike midnight on them against, against McKinley Wright in Colorado. Uh, Colorado wins that close game. Guys, let's go down uh, the docket uh, tomorrow and just uh, pick out a game or two that you guys actually are looking forward to tomorrow. And uh, it, w whether it's an upset special or maybe one of those stone-cold locks, uh, let's, let's take a game or even take one of those games at tonight. We've already kind of talked about a couple games tonight the, that we like. But, uh, again, full slate starting at 9.15 in the morning, going all the way till 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Double B, who you like? I'm going to give you my upset special. It's uh, a 12.30 tip here on, on the West Coast. It's Santa Barbara. Barbara over Creighton. I think Creighton has fallen apart. Uh, they they look lackadaisical in that tournament. And Santa Barbara has just blitzkriegs down, the, the, just crushed teams down the stretch. It's a 5-12 matchup. Spreads only seven. I like them to cover and not only cover to win the game. 
You know, Double V, I'm going to go against you on this one. Uh, uh, you know, it's too bad that the you know the Philly cheesesteaks are free here and everything because I think this is a food bet because I think that Creighton is going to bounce back. We've seen what they can do this year. Uh, I, I, I like I like the Blue Jays in this game, and I like the Blue Jays running away. How good do we really know is Santa Barbara? They come out of the Big West, and I understand if you go back, I mean, they really didn't beat any top-tier opponents this year. Big West was was down. They're kind of a sexy pick. A lot of people like them, but I, is that more because of what they saw with Creighton and the Greg McDermott situation? Because I know people in Nebraska, and our good friend Scott Spritzer, who is tied into that program in that state, in that city, in Omaha, very real, he says that he's been talking the people there around campus and he says now you know those players have forgiven their coach they're rallying around him they were embarrassed about how they exited in the big east tournament he thinks they're gonna come out fired up and so do i no no disrespect to that but i don't buy it (laughs) i I really don't buy it that was it that is a that is a complete distraction the team went from being a two three seed to falling all the way to five they're in a tailspin santa barbara's won 22 games this year that's not easy to do 22 out of 26 and uh, i think they're gonna go for it we know who has the the better campus, the more picturesque campus of the two. Oh, the, you yeah. know, the Gauchos, uh, that's a pretty nice campus up there. <laughs> that's in the saying, right? yeah, <laughs> that, is a be- that is a beautiful, very, very scenic, uh, very scenic indeed. I'm not sure, I, you know, I, it, maybe maybe I, I would be hard-pressed to imagine that the, the, the McDermott situation isn't somewhat of a distraction. What I can tell you is that it played a role in, in Creighton losing their, I mean, they had a top 30 kid in the country committed, Ty Ty Washington out of Arizona. Right. He reopened his recruitment. I know I know, uh, I know. know that those are, there's a correlation there. I'd be hard-pressed to imagine there's not a correlation there. But that, that's next year. This is this year. I do think Creighton's going to have enough to get to, 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 to get past the, their, their opening round game. I don't know about beyond that or anything after that. Alright. Frank, who you like tomorrow? Um, I'm actually curious to see how Double B's UCLA Bruins do against BYU. We've been talking about how nobody's given the Mountain West very much credit and the Pac-12 probably not getting maybe what they deserve. They're, both uh, conferences kind of have a chip on their shoulder. So far we haven't seen the Mountain West do much. There hasn't been a lot of Mountain West teams that have played. We'll see what happens with San Diego State. But, you know, a lot of times with those playing games, obviously the 16 games, you know, the play-in for that, you're probably going to lose your play in a first, you're playing a number one seed. But that 11 uh, play-in games, we've seen teams before win that first game, they get a game under their feet, they get a little bit of momentum going, and sometimes they can perform well. So I think UCLA is a, is a potential live dog. It's only a four-point line in there, even though it is that, that matchup with the 11 seed. So uh, I'm curious to see how they perform. I actually, in my bracket for OV, picked the winner of this game to advance to the next round. I must admit, when I made that pick, I thought it was probably going to be Michigan State, but they choked on the end. But uh, you know what? UCLA, they've got the win there, and uh, I think that they could possibly upset BYU. BYU, Double B, are you, you all over the Bruins tomorrow getting four against uh, BYU? I, I actually, in, in both of my brackets, picked the winner of the Michigan State-UCLA winner to win. Yeah. To win that game because I don't think much of BYU, mm. to be totally honest. Uh, and I think that you get momentum from that play-in game. Uh, and you, you saw Shaka Smart's team run it all the way to the Elite Eight one year. Right. Uh, when it, Virginia Commonwealth, is that where he was with at the time? So it was. It's, it's just a matter of... UCLA lost a few games at the wire, blew some games against USC, against Oregon State. They do have some skill there, and I think they, they can hang with BYU and, and win that game as well. Sam, we got a chance to see BYU give Gonzaga all they wanted. Uh, give me your thoughts about the Cougars. Uh, they have size. they got the big boy in the middle, uh, Harms, who can protect the rim, and that does a lot for you. 
Uh, but but with that said, former Purdue transfer. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, has played really, really well, and they're a tough they're a tough team, and they can shoot the rock. Now that that shooting kind of dried up in that WCC championship game against Gonzaga in the second half, but they they have the guards and they have the perimeter play to go around the big fella, and and I like what he does protecting that paint. I think UCLA is going to put forth a competitive effort, but I think uh, the big fella in the paint surrounded by those shooters is going to be just enough for BYU to get over the hump. I want to throw this in real quick, too, on that game. We did see them play Gonzaga and give them all they wanted for a good part of that game. However, the game before that, they almost lost to Pepperdine. Uh, Pepperdine was all over them. They were the team that came from behind and got it done in crunch time. So we've kind of seen them on both sides of that in that tournament. Mm -hmm. All right, Sam, give me your lock for tomorrow. My lock for tomorrow. Uh, come back to me. Let me think about that for a second. Okay. <laughs> TC, why don't you touch on the two eight nine games? Because they are just as tight as can tight can be. Basically, pick them. Yeah, we talking about Missouri, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, that is a game that I went back and forth with, and uh, a slight lean to Missouri in this game, just because Oklahoma, you know, they're limping in. Yeah. They're, they're limping in there, and one of their leading scorers is going to be sitting out. And Long Kruger's team. I love Long Kruger. Well, I love Long Kruger here in, in Vegas. But the bottom line is Oklahoma did not close this season right at all. I mean, they they were horrendous coming down the stretch. So slightly into Missouri, but then again, you know, we get into that SEC Big 12 situation. I like Big 12 better as a conference where the SEC scares me a little bit, but, uh, you know, Missouri's had some great victories this year, but they've had some some disappointing losses, uh, to be honest. So, again, slightly. Same thing with St. Bonaventure and LSU. LSU, they look fantastic uh, going through the SEC tournament and narrowly losing to Alabama in the final on Sunday, but they've had some bad losses this year and uh you know they had that the scandal hanging over their head with 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 uh with a will wade their head coach uh he was he was fired then they brought him back uh they rallied they've got plenty of talent they really don't get it uh, done on the boards but uh, they've got uh, a couple nba players on the roster but the bonnies man uh the bonnies are rock solid Uh, regular season champs tournament champs but the only knock on the bonnies didn't really play anybody outside of the a10 and uh, we really don't know how good the Bonnies are. Well, that's that's the whole thing with this tournament. There's yeah. a lot of teams you're just not aware of. Uh, Sam, yeah, coaching. You got uh, Rick Pitino back in the tournament, Iona, yeah. taking on Alabama. Any chance there? Uh, no, no, not. I, I think I think Alabama's too good. But but I, I'll tell you what. From just a basketball perspective, I love seeing Rick Pitino back in the dance. Yeah. Uh, say what you will about the, the the Louisville situation. The guy can coach basketball. Knows how to coach the game, and, and he did an exceptional job. In his first year with Iona, getting that his fifth team to the to the to the uh, NCAA tournament with along with Providence, along with Louisville, along with Kentucky, and the fourth one escapes me, or the, the other one escapes me right now. Uh, but but Boston University, there you go, Boston and University, Providence, the original yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Right, right, right. Uh, you asked me for my lock, TC. Yes, I've had time. I've racked my brain. Yes. I thought about it for two or three minutes. Uh, this is my sound my sound weird to you guys, but I like Oregon. I like Oregon covering the five and a half. I like their guards. I like their perimeter play. Uh, and I like their experience. That is a veteran, veteran basketball team with a lot of transfers, with a lot of older players, 22, 23, 24-year-olds. That, to me, bodes well at this, at this time of year. Sam, you took my lock. I took I'm it with you. I'm with you. Uh, you you're uh, with me. Go Ducks, go. I, I think against VC, they win by double digits against VCU tomorrow night. And, and spreads a little shallow low. Shallow number. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet, like, again, 
I love guards. I think they can make an elite eight run in that in that side of the region. I, it wouldn't shock me if they if they mess around and upset Iowa down down later in the road too because they're athletic. They have a, an experienced team and they've got a bunch of guys that can fill it up on the perimeter. All right, guys. So let's go through our brackets real quick. Let's talk about who you got in your final four and uh, who is that one team that uh, may be a little bit of a surprise, may not be in your final four, Boar, but you feel may get to the final four. Let's start with you, Ballpark. Uh, wow, uh, you threw that out to me out of nowhere, so I really don't know. <laughs> well, you're, my, my, you're my, your my, final uh, four. You don't hear your my, final my, four, all right? My final four is already dead because I had Ohio State in it, so it doesn't really matter. Right, you're, okay, your final three. How's that? I, I, I had Illinois playing Ohio State. I had uh, Gonzaga, and I actually have to double-check and see who I even had. I, I think I actually had Alabama for some reason, although uh, it, I, I wasn't really sure, but I, I think that's what my final four was. Okay. Yeah, I didn't go too deep in my brackets this year. I think that a, a team that could get hot uh, could, could get there. Maybe a Colorado could sneak in there. Who knows? Uh, but I, I think this is uh, Gonzaga or Illinois. I think they are the two beasts. I'd say Michigan would, would be another team to, be, to, to get to the final four, but I have them, I think, bounced by Texas. Is that in that bracket? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm Which team are you for, saying? The, Alabama and Texas? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I have Texas coming out of the East. Okay. Uh, and I think that I, I really like Shaka Smart. I like their, their hustle, the way their team plays. And, and uh, I think that they're going to be a lot of challenges for people who haven't seen them play. And and I, I think Alabama will, will not play uh, as well as they played in the, the back, in the SEC tournament. Right. And Michigan, without their without uh, uh, Livers, yeah. is a huge loss. And, and they looked a little out of sync uh, in that game that they lost to Ohio State. All right. Who you got, Sam Gordon? Uh, I I got Gonzaga, I got Baylor, I've got Alabama, and I've got Illinois. And uh, if you look at those four teams, four teams, there's one commonality there: great guard play. Yes, <laughs> great guard play. We're on the same page. Great yep. guard play. Great yep. guard play. So uh, that's uh, if Michigan was completely healthy. I would like Michigan, but Livers is, is such a big part of what they do. He's so good. He's so valuable with his experience, with his shot making. Uh, I don't think they can get it done without him. I like Alabama in that region. I like Nate Oates. Uh, not only do I like their offense, but they're a great defensive team, too, when they're locked in and w- with what they're able to do on the perimeter. Okay. Uh, for me, guys, uh, I may uh, throw a little shocker out there for you. Okay. Uh, I like Michigan with you, Double B. All right. Uh, okay. I-, I like the Illini. I like Baylor getting to the Final Four. But my upset special, I'm taking Iowa to upset Gonzaga. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you why. Boy, they got some bigs. If you watched this game earlier, uh, Gonzaga, they played earlier in the season. It was early on the season. And, uh, and Gonzaga won by 11. But, but Iowa gave them all they wanted to. But I think Iowa is a much better basketball team now than they were then. And, again, with Gonzaga, I just, you know, I don't know if it's that, that extra week off leading into the tournament or what it is. They've been here before. They haven't got the job done. I really like this team. I want to root for this team. But I think if Iowa can get this far, I think Iowa's got the inside play. They've got great three-point shooting. They defend as well, too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live on the edge a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of an upset shot, and I think Iowa gets to the Final Four. And I've got Baylor winning it all. Uh-huh. I, wow. You know, again, just uh, I would love to play Gonzaga, but I, I, you know, been there, done that. Uh, don't want to get burned again. <laughs> yeah, Iowa's interesting. I, I that Illinois Iowa game, which was the semifinals of the uh, uh, the Big Ten tournament. Right was an exceptionally well-played game on both sides, and it really could have gone either way. Uh, both teams really stepped up, and uh, Iowa, that's a nice pick by you. 
Well, we'll see. It's only a nice pick if they come through. But uh, <laughs> it, we'll, it's we'll, a courageous pick. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, we, I, can, we can say that. I, I yeah. couldn't pick against the Zags. I, I just couldn't yeah. to get to the Final Four. Uh, I, I would have liked to, but it's just hard to ignore the way they finish teams. Right. Well, I mean, they just win games yeah. going away every game. Well, TC, I mean, he knows that a lot of us have, in the pool have picked Gonzaga, and uh, <laughs> he needs to he needs to go against the grade in order. That's it. In order and if, you, if you guys win, congratulations to you. No problem. That's it. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys being here, of course, uh, as always. Our Friday home here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, inside Hoops and Ops, inside the Chelsea. It's a uh, great action so far today. We'll continue tonight as well as tomorrow. Uh, good luck with all your brackets and uh, great uh, NCAA tournament talk. And, again, uh, we're going to be talking a lot more about this in, in the upcoming weeks until we cut down the nets on April the 5th. So, Absolutely. Double B, thanks for your hospitality again. Uh, fantastic here at the Cosmopolitan. Come on out. Even if you can't get into hoops and ops, come over to Block 16, the barbershop. Come to the William Hill Sportsbook. Be here this weekend. A fantastic atmosphere. Oh, by the way, the food, outstanding. Yeah, we got a new restaurant opening in April at Block 16. We'll touch on that next week. Okay. All right, Ballpark, you ready for a good weekend? Uh, hopefully, but uh, you all surprised me when you said you had a shocker for us. I thought you were going to put Wichita State. <laughs> I know, right? I did too, low-key. <laughs> Eliminated. <laughs> there you go. All right, Sam, uh, we'll keep following you. A great follow on Twitter by Sam Gordon. And also check out all his stuff at the Las Vegas Review Journal. And, and great with the UNLV story. We'll continue to watch that who the Rebels hire as their next head coach. All right, brother. Appreciate it, guys. We'll catch you on Monday. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out the past interviews. Check out all the stuff that's uh, up on the uh, website there as well, too. You'll see Double B. You'll see his picture on the front of the website there wearing his Michigan gear. Yes, go blue. There you go. Go blue. I got blue, and I got UCLA blue, so I'm all, all over it for the tournament. Go blue. All right, guys. We'll catch you on Monday. We'll recap what happened this weekend, and uh, we'll continue on here live at the Cosmopolitan on Monday. TC Martin saying so long. Have yourself a great weekend.